Flat Book, the RPG Topics podcast. If this is your first episode, we talk about tabletop RPG design. This show is brought to you by the generous contributions of the lovely backers of the MapCro Patreon. If you would like to show your support and receive monthly asset packs of digital terrain and minis for your virtual tabletop gaming, head over to patreon.com slash mapcro. Uh, my name is Kyle, and with me today is my favorite sword-wielding rogue, Chris Salzman. How are you doing, Chris? Huzzah! <laughs> and, of course, with me also is my favorite GM in the whole wide world, John. Thanks, Kyle. I appreciate the intro. I I had a... Had, see, I was going to get you, and I was going to say, it's my favorite player, Chris Salzman, but then you, inter- <laughs> you introduced Chris first, and I couldn't do that. So I'm so angry right now. <laughs> oh dear. Okay. All right. So we are we are playing. Uh, we're doing something a little bit different. We're, we're we're testing out a new format. This episode will be an actual play of Epi uh, Ravikal's Sword and Sorcery RPG called Swords Without Master. Yep. Which is in Worlds Without Master issue three. Yes. Uh, but yeah, you you can find it. <laughs> I will have it in the show notes and figure it all out and just Google it. You'll be fine. Uh, and uh, and with us, of course, is returning guest and friend of the show, Chris Salzman, who is uh, coming to us on loan again from uh, from his much better podcast, Roll for Topic. Thank you. That's very kind of you to say. I'm a free agent, so I'm available. It's a small stipend, and I'll come on your podcast. Okay, so. <laughs> that's, that's 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 all it takes. That's all it takes. It's just you got you got to get that folding money. Yeah, it's all, it has to be in unsequential bills. In, a, in, in that a, like in roll roll with like yeah like a rubber band around it. Yeah. The... <laughs> <laughs> so I guess at this point, uh, John, I've been I've been talking you up ever since the show began as my favorite GM. So. I know. It's, rubber meets you, the I've road. I really painted a target on your back. This has all been <laughs> an elaborate situation to put you up into a situation where you can feel very publicly. So uh, mm-hmm. that'll be yeah, exciting. that's exciting. So we're gonna play swords without. Is it swords without master? Plural swords. It yeah, is swords. swords plural without master singular. Okay, <laughs> great. Swords Without Master is a collaborative storytelling game, and all of your character creation assets are qualitative, not quantitative. You don't have any stats, you just kind of have a list of different kinds of things you can use to affect the story and your character's options. Player characters are called rogue players in this game, while the GM is called the overplayer. The overplayer's main duty in the game is to paint the scene, add peril, and move the game from its uh, various phases. There are three phases. There is the perilous phase, where the rogues are facing danger, the discovery phase, where the rogues are discovering truths about the world, and the rogue phase, where rogues are just kind of doing what rogues do. They're, They're hanging out, they are reacting to things, they're getting into trouble, and it's mostly the overplayer's job to coordinate when to move freely from one phase to another. The only rolling mechanic that is in this game is to determine the tone. There are one of two tones that are introduced in the game, either glum or jovial, because these are the two fundamental tones to the genre of swords and sorcery. All right, take it away, John. Let's just start with creating our characters. No, just you two are creating characters. I am not. I am the overplayer. Oh, that's intense. Yes. And how do you put it now? See, Kyle, this is so pathetic. Ideolon? It's Eidolon. Eidolon. Okay. So this is something from pop culture that reminds you of your rogue. 
right? So this is sort of where we start. What is the what is the genesis of your rogue in pop culture? And I've made a commitment um, to 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 make sure that we stay moving along. Yeah. To just say the first bad idea that pops into yes, my please. head, rather than oh, try okay, to good. sound clever. Yeah. So that's my excuse. If nothing sounds very clever, uh, yes. Uh, Gilius Thunderhead from Gilius. the hit Genesis uh, arcade cabinet, Golden Axe. No. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> that will be my eidolon, my basis for kind of the image that that conjures in my head when I think of my character. So um, I will go with uh, Kyle's thing where we're just going to go with kind of the first idea. Um, so I've been thinking about Shostakovich's um, first cello concerto, uh, but it's pretty intense. <laughs> Now we need a name, and I'm sorry, but Zantara, Terror of the Steeps, has been taken. So you guys will have to. Uh... Uh, I'm gonna go with Droog. Yeah, yeah. So this is a really interesting way for me to like think about a character as mm-hmm. like a, a very conceptual idea of something you like, and then the name. Like that's not how I <laughs> right, right. Typically think of these things. Um, can I like? Can I call it Jet? Yeah. Yes. Like, yeah. I I am going to continue to have problems not GMing over you, John. I oh. apologize right now. I'm on the record as no, no. saying we're all we're all in this together. So <laughs> Yeah. Oh no, this is this is impossible for me to so, I know, right? Yeah. Three GMs yeah. doing an actual play. Uh so let's talk about other things we could name. Um so anything else that warrants a name. I'm it's rather than just force you guys to pick, I'm gonna throw out a couple of ideas and then I'm gonna ask you what those things are. So uh your weapon or a weapon, it doesn't have to be yours. A mount or a trusty steed, a companion, a lover, a foe, a drink, a drug. Why don't you go first, Kyle, and give me one item that you think might help define you a little bit? I really like this idea of a drink and um, and a drug at the same time. So uh-huh. maybe like uh, Hellfire Mead. Hellfire Ooh. Mead. It's It's distilled from the honey of like bees that are possessed by the devil or something. <laughs> oh, is it always like 10 degrees hotter than what it yeah. should be? Yeah. 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 I love it. First thing that comes into our mind, you got to follow that rule. So, yeah. um, Chris, what is one thing that could jump into what that jumps into your head that you think helps define mm-hmm. jet? Uh, jet has a little pouch on uh, jets uh, belt that no one else is allowed to look inside. Okay. <laughs> All right. Droog. What is one other thing? That you could name. He has he has kind of like uh, like a club that was made where um, uh, like a lightning struck like a pile of slag, and it, so nice. it just kind of like yeah makes this like iron shillelagh. Yeah, and we'll just call it the Sky Club. Now that that sounds like a frequent flyer thing. I'm it does. With, I feel like I'm in Delta, yeah. and that's the exact thing I thought. So uh, we're gonna go with uh, the Sky Hammer. That's there. Sky Hammer. All right, Jet. What do you have that perhaps also holds meaning or importance in your life? Uh, Jet has a uh, a staff. Like okay, like so. Imagine a wizard staff, but imagine it being like twice as tall as a normal wizard staff so it's just comically big sort of always in the way so the next thing we're going to do is define your feats heroic okay these are interesting things that you can do to resolve a situation or be or as part of the the way you can affect the story in extreme situation why don't we take a moment and think about what might be good um, feats heroic for you too i was thinking that i know um the the saddest poem in the world oh wow 
Um, Chris, do you have a jovial or a glum one that you would like to assign to Jet? Yeah, I think um, going off of the uh, the Shostakovich thing, I think like uh, he can string up that giant staff every once in a while, and uh, like with one string, so it becomes like a one stringed instrument. Nice. Yeah. So like because of the size of it, it can play the lowest note possible and the Ooh. highest note possible. So I'm going to start us. Um, so as the overplayer, I'm going to roll two dice. I got a black. Excuse me. I got a, a ooh a tie. So I'm going to re-roll it because that's another tie. <laughs> okay, there we go. We have the um, jovial tone, and we're going to start with the perilous phase. Um, and since you guys aren't narrating, I must bring the storm to begin the narration. Droog, you are in a deep canyon hiking through the desert. It is like a windswept cavern. You can imagine it is something, it looks like something in in Utah, right? Where those those carefully molded canyons. And you hear a shout. Um, you run around the corner and you see a man lying on the ground. He has a gigantic staff next to him. And there's this gigantic beast standing over him. I'm going to hand the dice to you, Kyle. What do you do? Is this man, uh, is this man Jet or is Jet with me? This is of? Jet. Okay. All right. All right. Seeing this great beast uh, kind of accosting this man in the middle of a canyon, um, uh, this is uh, sort of a comical situation uh, to to Droog. Uh, this is the last thing he expected to see because he, he was, in fact, trying to get through here unnoticed. So to find not only a great beast, but another man to witness his passing is uh, is uh, one of one of the gods great jokes that, that they have told today uh, to nice. Droog. So uh, in keeping with this kind of uh, with this good humor uh, of the situation, he uh, he just uh, hurls his uh, his uh, mighty sky hammer and to bring uh, this great beast uh, across the across the head to to try to uh, uh, rescue. Uh, this uh, this travel there that he has discovered in the canyon with him. The beast looks up and feels a hammer collide with the back of its head. There is a loud clanging sound and everything is silent and slowly the beast turns and you look at it. It's not like some huge bear-like creature. It's actually some sort of bronze automaton and Ooh. it's now looking directly at you, Droog. Uh, in total silence, as if you're that clanging sound, your hammer falls to the ground. It's like that record scratch silence. <laughs> Jet, um, you were surprised and knocked on your back by this beast. Mm -hmm. Your mighty staff was laying next to you, and this thing writhes above you. What What are you doing? Um, yes, so Jet uh, <laughs> Jet sees this as like Jet is sort of coming to after being knocked down a bit. Uh, sees this scene playing out and uh, <clears throat> kind of grunts to himself. Reaches out to grab his staff and begins to like put it on the ground to haul himself up. Um, okay. Yeah. When so, do I roll? <laughs> uh, now you roll. Okay. <laughs> I passed the dice to you. All right. I've taken the dice. I've rolled and I've rolled a six on Jovial. Okay. So does that mean I get to do what I want? That means you get to do what you want. You can't roll again until somebody else has, but you get to describe what happens jovially. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so. Um, yeah, so Jet will will yell thank you, <laughs> thank you to the like the stranger. Uh, so so Jet kind of like plants plants the staff in the ground and like uh, 
somewhat it almost looks magical it's like a, a pole vaulter but mm-hmm. from the ground he just kind of like pole vaults to the top of it and he holds himself on the top uh, the the uh, the staff is straight up and down and he's holding on with one hand at the top of it kind of looking down now at the beast nice and, oh and nice Droog is uh, was not expecting uh, an automata uh, uh, to uh, uh, to see this. So yeah, I think uh, I think Droog uh, tries to uh, climb up on one of the um, rocky outcroppings in this uh, canyon to to get away from this beast. If you've lost your hammer, this beast is cranking towards you with these clunking sounds. You are thankful that it's been distracted from from you, Jet. Yeah, so I think Jet is going to sigh a little deeply, thinking to himself that, well, if we could have just stopped it, maybe we could salvage some of this, but we must destroy it now. Um, yeah, and so Jet's going to to like <clears throat> leap off of his of his of his staff and like pick it up behind him and do a big swing <laughs> kind of down at the automaton. Nice. Kyle, what you see from above as you're scrambling up this thing, you see this elegant move as Jet flips over and lands this staff right on the beast's back, which causes it to spill forward. Uh, and it roars this mechanical grating metal roar in rage. Uh, and Jet is there standing next to it. I shout uh, to Jet uh, because my uh, after after throwing the sky hammer, I have yet to retrieve it. So I'm kind of like helpless. So mm-hmm. I say, uh, um, uh, a strange traveler, toss me my weapon. I will smite this beast. Nice. <laughs> uh so so jet's just like holding the staff like ready ready to smash it again so, well, how, how about i just i just kill it <laughs> if you are able to whatever you're gonna do do it fast yeah so and the beast jet, starts jet, to rise yeah jet, jet will i like, kind of like pull up to like like do it as it's rising go like nope and jump off and grab the <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> grab the club and throw it to uh yeah throw it to Drew. All right, Drew, the club flies through the air into your outstretched hand. I, I'm going to roll to see if I can reverse the tone, see see if we can't get an upset okay. uh, or an escalation or something. Uh, oh, okay. All right. So I rolled double ones. And whenever, regardless of rolled it, the overtone flips to the other tone and everyone's tone shifts to the new tone. Uh, when a ro- uh, rogue player rolls a tie, that player is stymied. <laughs> I think I think what happens is, yeah, you you throw this thing and mm-hmm. uh, it just uh, it yet bonks me right in the nose. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, yeah. And I, I uh, yeah, I, I barely keep myself from falling off of this thing. But I, I think maybe just this the, the clinking, clanking conniptions of this automaton uh, have uh, been enough to to knock me off my balance. It lays down on the top of this rock that he's on. Uh, and as he as his, his laughter booms and fills up the canyon you can see like this blood from his nose kind of like spurting out with each with each guffaw so yes okay the beast turns back towards you jet Mm. and jet behind you in the background you hear another metal grating sound like another set of these metal footprints and from behind you is another beast but you can see that it's come out of an opening that has appeared in the rock oh let's see i don't know your name although you're you're droog the mighty Mm. okay (laughs) <laughs> oh, you're you're Droog the Mighty? <laughs> well, I thought I was. <laughs> I really thought you'd be able to catch better than that. <laughs> um, do you trust me? Implicitly, my friend. 
I'm not sure why, but uh, follow my lead. Um, and Jet is going to uh, just try to sprint into that nest. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, the new beast that is emerging is a little slow. It seems like it's sort of warming up. And you're able to sprint and duck under one of its slowly swinging arms and into the nest where you see where this weird green glowing light is coming out. And you realize that that light matches the eyes of these automatons. Droog is, uh, yeah, he picks up the, the sky hammer and hops down. He kind of like, yeah, he does uh, uh, what he, he was kind of hoping would be a, uh, a graceful front flip off of the top of this automaton. <laughs> but again, kind of like barely just like catches his balance. He's not having a great day. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he, he, he runs quickly after his, mm-hmm. his newfound companion. Okay. You're able to sprint past both the creatures too. And you see what looks like a giant door made of iron the size you've never seen. Um, There is a button next to the door, and inside of this cavern, what you thought was a cavern, is actually a bunch of strange machinery. Is the is the light, the the glowing green light, is that accessible to us, or is that behind the door? It seems to be coming from some... There's a giant machine at the back of the cave. Sort Mm -hmm. of, it's a long, deep cave, and there are all kinds of machineries and automatons and things that look like animals and things that you can't barely recognize. Mm-hmm. And there's some giant glowing um, mound at the back of the cavern. Mm. Can I, can I put some mustard on it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think, uh, I think uh, Droog, Droog says like, this place is amazing. I've never seen such clever mechanical workings in all my days. Let's wreck the place. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I think he picks up one of these like delicate, like intricate, like metal, like sphinx cats, and just tries to smash. Use that to smash this big glowing green light, okay. hoping that this is the power source, uh, and it'll shut down all the automata. There's a huge eruption of sparks, and it goes dark, and you hear the door that you entered through grind shut, <laughs> separating you from the automatons, and you're in. Pure darkness. That Can, solves that problem. <laughs> Jet is going to um, swear. <laughs> swear and say, and say, the mighty. Oh, jeez. Uh, sorry. Uh, a rogue player immediately rolls the dice and reveals something their rogue knows or is just now discovering. I rolled a four on Jovial, one on Glum. Okay. So... so um, Reveal something that you know or are discovering about uh, presumably this place, but it could be anything. It could be about Droog or yourself. There's some faint faint blue light that starts to kind of flick on um, on a few uh, a few a few of the machines in there that look like they're of a different make than okay. everything else. Mm. And and so in the so let me read the discovery phase. The next two parts are um, the rogue player then asks the over player a loaded question about their revelation. So we're doing great so far. Mm-hmm. The answer the overplayer gives is known to the rogue. After answering, the overplayer chooses to continue the phase. The, the rogue, the rogue player passes the dice to a new rogue player who rolls immediately. And then after, and I can we can keep doing these questions of discovery until I decide I'm tired of it, and then we can choose a different phase. <laughs> okay. So, so this blue light is happening. Ask me a loaded question about these new machines. Over, over player. Um, is, <laughs> <laughs> um, are the machines that are lighting up, are they of a different make than the ones, the other ones in here that were attacking us? There are. The, um, the, these machines are made of some substance that you've never seen before. 
Um, you're not even sure what they do, but they're they're gleaming and bright, and they're not, they're made of something completely different. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna hand the dice to uh, to a Droog here. Droog is happy about the emergency lights that have uh, just <laughs> flicked on. It's just like, well, that's rather convenient, isn't it? <laughs> and he discovers a uh, a passageway that goes deeper into uh, the the mountain cavern chasm chasm. Uh, roll, so roll. Do you uh, you have to immediately roll because we're doing discovery. Oh right, so right, right, jovial. right. Yes. Yeah. Thank so you for let's, me. let's determine the tone of the. Uh, the oh, oh, it, oh, well, it's a double three, which means it flips. I, I am again stymied, okay. uh, and uh, and the tone flips to glum. So you discover a passage. I've decided that this phase has ended. Um, <laughs> that was so fast. <laughs> That's all you needed. You feel the passage before you see it in the light. There is. The air is different. The air in this cave is very stale, but the air that blows in from this passage is a little fresher. And there's an eerie sound. You're not sure if it's the wind blowing through the passage that's creating it, or if it's a strange song that you can't quite hear. But you're pretty certain that this is at least a way out. Droog, can can we like can we have a conversation? Uh, absolutely. Let's make this. Actually, let's switch to the rogues phase, right? Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so the over player hands the dice to a rogue, making a specific demand to see that rogue player's action. I'm handing the dice to you, Jet. Um, the rogue player immediately rolls the dice and answers the demand in that tone. So, Jet, here's my demand. What are you guys doing about this passageway? Five jovial, four glum. So jovial, droog. Have you heard this song before? Indeed, I have, my friend. In my nightmares. <laughs> Ever since I turned 12 years old. <laughs> no matter so what much. the dream. Mm-hmm. In the background, right before I wake, I hear this very haunting melody. You, you hear this song specifically? This song, exactly this one. I wouldn't know it anywhere. Are you, Droog? Um, I wrote this song. <laughs> um, and I will string up, string up the the staff, <laughs> and say, "Well, we have to see who's playing it." And I'll start playing along. Oh, that's as so good. Down the... Okay, so you may then hand the dice to a new role yeah. player making this specific demand. I feel like that's what you're doing, uh, and the new demand is answered. So, so you've taken mm-hmm. this this flip to joyous. You've mm-hmm. said, "I wrote this song that's been haunting you since your youth." Um, and now you can hand the dice okay. to uh, to Droog and see uh, what his response is. Uh, that's a four <laughs> glum. Oh, great! <laughs> oh God! Sorry. Oh yeah, yeah. I think uh, so. This so the what is the demand that you are making of me? What would you like to see Droog respond to? The question that I'm kind of asking, the demand I'm making on you, is that like maybe it's not so bad. Come with me, Droog. Uh, now overcome by uh, one of his uh, deep fits of gloom. That's the word for it. Uh, yeah, he, he kind of, yeah, just trundles off behind you. It's just like, all right, I think I understand. Lead me where I must go. I've been preparing for this day for a long time. I suppose I may as well take it on my feet. <laughs> all right. Um, do you want to pass those back to Chris? I feel like, I feel like we need some more discovery. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, Jet, roll the dice and reveal something that your rogue knows or is now just discovering. Um, I rolled a five on Jovial. Maybe uh, maybe this is where Jet reveals that Jet is also an automaton. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Overplayer. It was the first time that Jet went outside when Drew met him. That is the first time you recall being outside since the fall of the Empire. You woke up in this cavern. Like, like as the servant of the, of the king, you have no idea why you woke up in a dark cavern. Or why these these ugly automatons are attacking you, um, but you had just left the cave to go out into the sunlight, and um, and you really are in an alien world and do not know what is happening. That is fantastic. Okay, uh, more discovery. So let's let's hand this over to uh... four to three. Glum, man, you uh, are the glum. Oof. <laughs> you know we're in a cave. What can I say? Yeah, you are Elric and. And Jet is Moonglum. Yeah. There's a big cavity at the top of the Skyhammer that now just, there's a pin light through it because of all the darkness. The same blue glow. Whoa. Overplayer, I have a question for you. Yes. Is this the day that Droog the Mighty dies? No. This is the day that Droog realizes his true destiny. Okay. Mm. All right. All right. (laughs) And now I, I am passing the dice to... Uh, back to Chris mm-hmm. uh, for another round of discovery. So, okay. all right, all right. Ooh, okay. Well, I got glum. When you realized that, did you relate that to me in any way? I fully believe that this is this is that I've been I'm being taken to the underworld to uh, fulfill some some destiny. This is a big day, uh-huh. uh, and Droog was I think hoping that this day would come when he was younger. Mm. Can we can we make it to the end of the passage and start discovering stuff there? The passageway continues in the dark for a long time. The sound it sounds like chanting. The song is a is a chant, and it is the song that Droog remembers. And this passageway starts to lead up, mm-hmm. um, and then you can see the light of the moon Ooh. at the other end of the passage. So he's playing playing on this large, <laughs> you know, this yeah, this large right, uh, right, staff yes. thing and everything. And he kind of like, like he's playing. All of a sudden, he stops and he says, "Droog." But I don't remember this part. Oh, all right. Ask me a loaded question about your discovery. Um, at this point in the song, who is supposed to um, who's supposed to play the solo? Ah, okay. So just at that moment where you're playing the song and the chorus is going along with you, this chanting, which is clearly coming from in front of you, it starts to break out into a new harmony that you've never imagined before. And it's clearly coming from the opening in front of you. All right, Droog. Okay. Uh, ooh, perfect. All right. Four, uh, four to two Glum. <laughs> oh, it's Glum. Okay. Yeah, it's Glum. At that moment, Droog has this startling revelation. The meter of this song matches perfectly the saddest poem in the world. <gasps> yes. And, uh, and so my question, my loaded question is, what happens when Droog the Mighty starts bellowing this poem over the top of this uh, moment in the song, the break in the song, ready for a solo. Oh, this is amazing. Okay, so you start to bellow the saddest poem in the world. It's in perfect meter with this song that you're hearing. You're drawn to this song. You feel like it's, it's the piece of your life that has been missing for this whole time. 
and you start to hear these voices cheering the song starts to break up a little bit. They are come! The chosen one is come! So, Chris, uh, that was uh, uh, Swords Without Master. Swords, swords Without Master. Uh, what, what, what did you think? Not, not enough swords, and <laughs> I don't think there was any master. So I didn't see one sword. Yeah. That's true. Uh, no, that was really fun. Um, I like the just playing with like tone as the thing being like the guiding force. Um, yeah, so I like that. I've it was a bit of whiplash going back and forth between those two things, I think. Um, right. Like, yeah. And I felt like we were at our best when we were in the glum tone. <laughs> Maybe that says more about us as, as players than anything. <laughs> I think the thing that always trips me about, up about this game is switching tones. Like I would, I would rather just like, no, this feels right for this scene. Mm-hmm. And let's yeah. just keep let's just keep building on this. Like just, like let's just keep uh, you know BSing mm-hmm. on the scene for a little bit longer with this tone. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's very explicit um, when you are supposed to to roll to upset it and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I kind of yeah. wonder because like so, Kyle, you and I have known each other for a while, and John, we've gotten to know each other pretty well. I think like mm-hmm. we're the sort of people that could sit down, and if you had given us the prompt of that, we would have told a very similar story <laughs> without the dice yeah. rolls and stuff. Um, yeah. yeah, so I wonder if we had rolled more um, more rolls that went against what we wanted to try to do, if that would have pushed the story in a unique way, right? Like I felt mm-hmm. like we kept on we had a string of glum rolls over and over, and it was like great, great, great. Like I know what to do here. I know what to do here. I know what to do here. Yeah, and then it's like the jovial yeah. one hits. You're like, eh, well, let's try this a little bit. But then, oh, glum hit. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 So you almost get this yeah. like engine going, and it's like it's it can feel like the roll changes the direction too much. Yeah, I think yeah, I think that sense of whiplash is is the thing that I feel. Yeah. But like, uh, tell us, overplayer, what was this like to wrangle all this? I worry that I maybe added too much to the narrative. But then when Chris said, "Well, maybe I'm an automaton too," and maybe I just woke up, I think that took the story in a really fun direction because yeah. a bunch of new ideas as far as is my two cents on the game like this is the kind of thing i live for as a game master right like like throw me some scraps and let's improvise something and come up with a whole world in one hour right? yeah i i was uh i was i loved it. Yeah. I, yeah. I i i think yeah so but i think a lot of our other thoughts on this are going to have to wait for our the next episode where we get to uh really pick this uh, this whole experience apart yes. uh so yeah in the meantime um uh please go check out uh roll for topic uh, chris's uh, show that he does with Andy. Um, it's amazing. Thanks again, Chris, for it's one uh, of the top two podcasts on the Roll Four. <laughs> <Media. No. laughs> and uh, and yeah, thank, thanks for humoring us and just like jumping in. We gave you like all of like thirty seconds warning mm-hmm. that we wanted to uh, record yeah. today. Uh, yeah, so it's just like yeah, it's a game I've never heard of, don't know anything about. Let's go this for is, it. So I was, I was confident that Chris would do that. well as a as a reader of Elric. I knew that he would understand. Yes. Right. Yeah. And uh, and and remember, uh, when you are telling an improvisational uh, swords and sorcery game, the most important thing to keep in mind is to keep a glum tone. <laughs> 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 Splat 
book is a proud part of Roll For It Media. Be sure to check out our sister show, Roll For Topic, wherever fine podcasts are purveyed or on their website, gmdiscussions.com. And please leave us a five-star review on your podcasting app of choice. It really helps us out. You can follow me on Twitter at Kyle Latino. My YouTube channel is Mapcro, and you can subscribe to my Patreon at patreon.com slash Mapcro. And you can follow John in your hearts. Our intro music today was from Magic Sword from their 2015 album Volume 1. And the outro music was from Magic Sword's 2022 collaboration with Metavari, The Weapon and the Soul. Stay tuned for some cut bitlets. I think what uh, what Jet notices is that um, there is this little cavity uh, within kind of like the bulging uh, area at the at the. At the that's not what I want to say. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we can just start over from the top. <laughs> yeah, bring it in. Bring okay. It in. All right. Well, now I'm going to retell the joke. Okay. Retell the joke, guys. I'm sorry. I was late. I I was trying to I was trying to game the system here. Oh. Um, yeah. I was trying to name my. I was trying to put us in the mood by naming uh-huh. myself a Zantara Terror of the Steeps, but um, it didn't work. <laughs> Wait, hold on, hold on. on. Even on the second try, you, you couldn't say steps correctly? Steps? Well, I, I just forgot. <laughs> oh, good. We're off to such an amazing start. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can. Yes, you say hi. Hi. <laughs> yeah, all right, close the door, bud. All right. Uh, so I, I think the the format here, the, the plan is is to basically like create characters, play for an hour to ninety minutes or something like yeah. that, and then uh, at that point, um, uh, I think John and I are going to have a discussion about the game and its mechanics and and how it went and and kind of like do all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. I think we were planning on that just being me and John. That's uh, what I was thinking, but I yeah. didn't want to, you know, I don't want to be. But you oh, didn't no. want to uninvite somebody. <laughs> I didn't, like, didn't like want to be the did. one to drop that bomb. It didn't feel yes. great <laughs> saying it out loud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can have a piece of gum. Yeah. <laughs> no, no sanctity for recording. <laughs> <laughs> no, not, of course not. Uh, no, but Kyle was making a reference to folding money, and and I just watched a TikTok about a guy who did a rap about folding money. I really don't know what's going on. I just know that culturally <laughs> people are referring to folding money instead of coinage. Oh, I'll send you the TikTok. That's actually really good. So I only see TikToks when um, they're sea shanty related. We'll just we'll leave it be, okay? <laughs> not not right now, but I'm <laughs> recording. <laughs> There's an ant at the end of this tunnel. <laughs> That's important. Yeah, <laughs> you want to get that sorted out pretty quick. We can stop recording if you need. No, to. No, this is uh, this is ant number ten of the day. So we're <laughs> yeah, we're um, okay. So I've been totally thrown off. I apologize for that. Um, so. So yeah, I, I think it, mm-hmm. at this at this point, Chris, you are free to deal with the absolute ant pandemonium that is occurring in Go your household him, right now. Can I tell yeah, you? Can um, I tell you where the ant was? 
please. So the the ant was on the the other side of the room, <laughs> on the wall, and this this you, this was a, a major yes. It needed to be taken care of right this instant. Daddy. <laughs> All right, okay. I love you, Chris. You're awesome. Mm-hmm. Yes.